Good afternoon to all of our fellow health enthusiasts. My name is Aubrey Mast and I am a professor of nutrition. This is a new podcast developed by my friend and colleague, Dr. Charles Benz, and we call the show Healing Trends with Dr. Benz. We search the internet every day to find the best scientific studies that can be used to improve the health of every interested person. You will not see many of these studies in conventional media because most doctors do not have the time or the interest in finding them. And there are special interests that are also less than enthusiastic about you knowing about these studies. Every week we will explore nutritional science that has the potential to prevent and even reverse 90% of chronic illnesses. This could save many lives and help to stop the healthcare crisis that will eventually bankrupt our country. This is frequently called functional medicine and has been adopted by thousands of doctors as well as some medical schools and hospitals, including the Cleveland Clinic. Today's program is entitled Preventing Memory Loss as Possible. And I am excited to be here with you, Dr. Benz. I'm excited too. I've been wanting to do this topic for a long time, but I had someone contact me in the last week, and this is usually how these shows come about. And they said, oh, I, have, I have memory problems. What do you got for that? <laughs> and so I had to scramble and say, well, here's two things you can do. And so I gave them some you know, quick fixes. In this case, it was Prevagen, which has some good efficacy behind it. And I also said you could try Memory Protect from Life Extension. It also uh, has some proven benefits. So I gave them the quick answer, but it made me think there's more to this and maybe Aubrey and I should talk about it. And so I dug out my dementia uh, material. And of course that leads into the Alzheimer's question because Alzheimer's is just a, a form of dementia. And so I thought, you know what? I think there's a lot of people who are experiencing memory challenges and they don't want it to become Alzheimer's. And so maybe this is something we should talk about. So that was kind of the genesis of, of, of where I came from on this thing. And I'm just, I'm excited to hear what you have to say about it because you and I really haven't talked that much about it ahead of time. Mm-mm. No, I mean, I think with memory loss, there's so many variables. And even with Alzheimer's disease, there's so many variables that can be at play. And the research is really fascinating to me in the sense that within memory loss and also looking at Alzheimer's prevention, there is a lot of research going on around free radical damage and having not enough phytochemicals or antioxidant-rich foods in the, in the diet. There's research that's looking at, does the body clear glucose or utilize glucose properly? And how is that correlated with simple carbohydrate consumption and complex carbohydrate consumption? And then there's a lot of research that looks at vitamin deficiencies overall, deficiencies correlated with macronutrients, but specifically micronutrients and trace minerals that are indicative of our food system. And then there's a lot of current theories that are percolating around memory loss and Alzheimer's disease as it connects to environmental toxin exposure, whether that be through our food system or whether that be through um, symptomologies related to multiple pharmaceuticals. And so there's a lot of different avenues to take in this conversation around how do you prevent memory loss, but then also how does the prevention of memory loss correlate with prevention of Alzheimer's disease? It always boils down to nutrition and toxins, doesn't it? It's really yeah, incredible. It does. A lot of people say, well, what's the genetic marker? And I say, you know what? Even if you have that specific gene, the APOE gene, if you have that, it's still only a predisposition it doesn't mean that it's going to activate. It only activates if you do a lot of the wrong things. Mm -hmm. Just like cancer and the BRCA gene for breast cancer. It, it doesn't right. have to activate. If you do the right things, you'd be 100 years old and die without having ever had cancer. And the same is true with Alzheimer's. So I, I, I love how you always lead me into some of these things because 
uh, one of the first things that I can recommend is get your blood tested and include the 8-O-H-G-D test because that tells you what the accumulated DNA damage is in your body. If you have this accumulation of radiation and toxins and other chemicals that aren't supposed to be in your body, if you know that you're already doing DNA damage, then you know you're on your way to cancer or Alzheimer's or something and you need to detoxify. And that's where we usually recommend this clear change product from Metagenics. And maybe some specific testing too. I mean, you can get more detailed tests and, and I think you'll agree with me on this. You're mostly going to find out that the problem is not only the heavy metals, but the plastics. And man, those two things, I mean, your science even says what the specific things are. I think there's certain numbers like DDT is one I know, but there's others that are in the plastics that need to be tested for specifically. It's true. I mean, and I think it also boils down to of... Uh, removing inflammation or reducing inflammation in the in the diet into the brain and how that toxic buildup can truly move through the blood-brain barrier and then how that can alter our ability to think clearly or to have short-term and long-term memory and then how Alzheimer's disease can manifest forward. So there's a lot of theories that are talking about toxins being deposited within the brain and within the body and how that increases the likelihood and risk of memory loss. And when we talk about prevention, you're right. It's how do I reduce the toxic load? How do I change my diet so that it's more plant-based? So I have more antioxidants, higher phytochemicals that are really targeting that free radical damage and they're helping to bind and remove this toxic load through detoxification. And there's definitely supplements that we can do. And then there's also the reality of the research showing how important exercise is for anybody that is becoming challenged with memory loss or that has already been diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. Well, I think you you had something that you said earlier too about uh, the sugar problem and people might not realize this, but they're all, they call Alzheimer's type three diabetes and they don't do that for, by accident because this is sugar damage that's being done in the brain as well. So it's not only the chemicals and, and the radiation, but it's also the sugar. And when you get damage in the brain with sugar, it might as well be a toxin because you're going to end up with the same kind of damage. And so I look at the literature and I see the rate of Alzheimer's is growing dramatically. And it always starts with something that's more of a dementia memory loss problem. And so how do we get these early diagnoses? I mean, that's the thing for me that's the key. And I, I don't know whether you've heard about this one or not, but it's the, the test that determines uh, whether you might get dementia or Alzheimer's five or ten years in the future and it's a, a test of peanut butter and they actually have you breathe in peanut butter through one nostril and and then they have you breathe it through another and apparently if it's in the left nostril and it's like you have to move the thing twice as close in order to to, to actually smell the, the peanut butter then you've got a potential problem with dementia and Alzheimer's and so this was developed at the University of, of, of uh, Florida, and they actually validated this test and said, yes, smell is one of the things, the, the, the cells in the brain that function as uh, the, in, in, in the smell process, they're also the ones that are going to deteriorate if you're on your way to dementia and Alzheimer's. And I thought, holy cow, if we could actually find this out five to 10 years ahead of time and start to say, hey, wait a minute, 
you're probably going to be looking at some dementia in the next year or two. And after that, you're going to be looking at, at, at Alzheimer's. I thought that was pr pretty interesting. And so if you, if you do the, the, uh, the smell test for Alzheimer's, you'll actually get the protocol and it'll actually tell you how much peanut butter you need and how close it needs to be to your nostril. And it's really interesting because that's the kind of stuff I think people want to know more about is how do we detect it? And of course, it's fascinating stuff. I'm glad they're moving in this direction. But what are the dietary deficiencies that, that you've come up with? Because I, I tend to be uh, a lot on the treatment side, but I know inflammation was one of the things you just mentioned. What are the foods that are, are, are the most inflammatory in, in, your, in the research that you've done that people really need to be careful about and get rid of? I think that I can't emphasize enough what you just previously said is that they refer to Alzheimer's disease as a type 3 diabetes. How we know that type 2 diabetes occurs is through a diet that's regularly consuming simple carbohydrates. So the breads, the pastas, the donuts, the Snickers, like all of the things that we as Americans love to eat in ready supply. And so the damaging foods are really the foods that <laughs> we have access to at every single corner. And these are the ones that are nutritionally depleted. And so really the culprit when we talk about inflammation is going to be animal-based foods. And I don't mean in like small minute amounts. I mean when we're eating that bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit in the morning and then we are having a hamburger for lunch and we're having a cheese pizza with pepperoni on top of it for dinner. Like when we're having a regular consumption of animal-based products alongside simple carbohydrates regularly with out any fiber and without any of these antioxidants or phytochemicals, that's really when we see inflammation be really sky high. And within memory loss and within Alzheimer's disease, we see a correlation with diets being devoid or missing key nutrients, including B vitamins, which are really necessary for not only energy, but cellular synthesis and DNA synthesis. They are necessary. We see missing magnesium, which is going to be a micronutrient, which is soil bound. We've talked about magnesium several times for its ability to help relax the body. There's also a decrease or a lack of the digestive en enzymes, which we've talked about last week. And then you see also a depletion of vitamin C, vitamin E, and zinc. And all of these act to help support the immune system to bolster it against this inflammation that's chronically occurring. Yeah, I mean, you just always give me the right material here because... I now figured out three tests that people need to get besides the peanut butter test. The glycomark test is the best test for sugar because the A1C and the total glucose just do not get the job done because they're fasting blood tests and they don't really measure the sugar uh, accumulation and uh, delivery in your body the way it should. The glycomark test actually factors in what you, when you eat, what happens to your sugars in that case. And so the glycomark test takes the whole picture. It gets your body 24-7 as to whether sugar is a factor in your body. And so this is one of the tests you need to make sure you don't get type 2 diabetes and type 3 diabetes, which is Alzheimer's. The other one you mentioned was the inflammation. Well, that's C-reactive protein. That should be on everybody's test. And homocysteine because you mentioned you have to have the B vitamins to break down amino acids to make neurotransmitters. So make sure you have the homocysteine on your blood test. And then you just mentioned the magnesium. Well, magnesium, the regular blood test is not very good. 
you need the RBC magnesium, the red blood cell magnesium test, because it's more accurate. So I think in giving people these kinds of tests to look at and think about, now they can start to say, ah, okay, I at least know my numbers. And if I'm high in one or more of these, then I know what to do about it. And so extra B vitamins, foods with it, whatever, they can actually start a strategy. And now I think that the emphasis is, is now been placed a lot on Alzheimer's because of this new book that Daniel Bredesen wrote called The End of Alzheimer's. And I think it's fascinating because the Cleveland Clinic did a study of all the studies for the last 20 years that were monotherapies. In other words, they were measuring one thing to try to see if they could get some, somebody to address the Alzheimer's problem, and they couldn't get any solution. The 99.6 failure rate. Bredesen identified 38 things that needed to be measured in order to determine whether the body was out of balance. And then his protocol addressed all 38 of those things. He got a 90% success rate. And it was with pe people with mild uh, Alzheimer's, medium level Alzheimer's, and high level Alzheimer's. The only one that didn't respond with all the tests in a positive way was the one that had a very high level Alzheimer's. And, and so it was longer and, and more difficult to, to treat. But he writes this book, does conventional medicine step up and say, oh, we've got this wonderful book? No, they continue to try to do the one monotherapy approach, the silver bullet approach. And it just does not work. In the meantime, he's not only uh, trained over 500 doctors, he's developed his own supplements called Recode. And recode is a, a way to recode the body in terms of giving it all the nutrients that it needs in order to address all these 38 things that most of these Alzheimer's and dementia patients have as challenges. And so now I'm even getting some CEOs from big companies saying, I, my memory's not what it used to be. And their doctor doesn't know what to do about it. I'm getting them in touch with one of the Bredesen doctors and they're actually using this recode combination formula to get these memory loss and these Alzheimer's problems addressed. I, I think it's amazing. So I, I think that we've decided that dementia is treatable. What are some of the simple things that, that people can do? Because I know there's all kinds of complicated things that we could recommend for Alzheimer's, but what are some of the most simplest things that people can do to address their memory loss? Oh, I'm glad that you asked this. So I think moving your body, number one, whether that is just walking around your house or going up and down your stairs a couple more times or taking walks, the research is really quite evident that the more we move our bodies, the better our memory is, the lower our inflammation is. We're better able to manage our glucose levels. And the list goes on and on on reasons to move your body. So move your body, number one. Two, moving your diet away from those simple carbohydrates, those nutritionally depleted foods to more of the plant-based, high phytochemical, high antioxidant foods that are going to be rich in the nutrients that are typically missing for people that are dealing with memory loss and Alzheimer's disease. Really targeting gut health is something that I cannot um, emphasize enough because of the gut-brain access. And so if the gut is out of, out of regulation and the microbiome has become impacted or depleted, then it is going to have a hard time with helping fight 
Alzheimer's disease or prevent Alzheimer's disease or uh, support memory loss. So changing the gut microbiome through fermented foods, probiotics, prebiotics. And then I also think there's some mind-body modalities that are really easy for people to do. Binaural beats are, are one of those modalities where you put headphones in and for five to 10 minutes uh, a day, you're listening to certain sound frequencies. And it's been shown to stimulate areas of the brain that are associated with memory loss um, or memory gain. And so that's one way to really change uh, memory loss or to target anti-Alzheimer's disease. I think all of those are really great places to start. There's a lot of additional promising new modalities that are coming out. But for me, like what is tangible is changing the diet, moving the body, and then using binaural beats. And also, I cannot emphasize enough the importance of sleep, taking that Epsom salt bath, getting your body relaxed, and so that you can sleep because insomnia is definitely correlated with memory loss and the increased risk of Alzheimer's. Yep. Sleep is the place where all the major detoxification gets done and all the balancing. I mean, every everything that needs to be balanced, whether it's your hormones or your oxidant levels, I mean, they all need to be balanced and sleep is the best place to do that. And the B vitamins are the main reason that uh, people have this problem. And again, this is, goes back to the homocysteine question because if you don't have enough of amino acids and B6 and B12 and folic, uh, folic acid in your body, you can't make serotonin. And as you said, serotonin, I think 70% of it's made in the gut. And so if you don't have good gut health, you can't have good serotonin. Well, serotonin is the precursor to melatonin. So if you have low serotonin levels, you're going to have low melatonin levels. And if you have low melatonin levels, you won't be able to sleep. So I think you're right. That's Those are two things for sure. And... I think this uh, avoiding inflammation. I also see some anti-inflammatory foods that are really important. And it's things like cabbage, crucifixious vegetables is really important. And so I think we really need to concentrate on specific foods that can help to get this done. And so what are some of the foods in addition to the ones you just said that you think might people might add in order to get the nutrients they need? We want to be... We want to be specific about this. Well, cruciferous vegetables, so the cabbage family is definitely high on the list. Coconut oil or any type of food that is going to have essential fatty acids or omegas in it is going to be really necessary. So you can get that through fish oil or you can get that through other vegan sources. Vitamin D3 is going to be constantly the touted vitamin and that's sun exposure. And then if we look at the importance of detoxification or increasing antioxidants so that you're targeting the inflammatory processes, it's really important to aid in detoxification. So the allium family, onions and leeks, they also offer prebiotics and probiotics. They also help with detoxification of toxins. Looking at spirulina or chlorella, which are going to be sea algaes, but are really nutrient complex. And so they have macronutrients in them as well as micronutrients in them. And then making sure that the diet is full of fruits and vegetables is going to be the best place to begin. Yeah, so get rid of the junk food, get rid of the high sugar, make sure you're eating probably seven to eight or more helpings of fruits and vegetables every day. And in the, in the workshop that I just did, people said, well, can we eat like seven fruits and two vegetables? And I said, no, it should be the other way around. It should be seven vegetables and two fruits. And, and so, and you mentioned curcumin. There was actually a study 
that showed that when the brain starts to deteriorate, it starts to build these tangled plaques. And there was a study that showed that curcumin at sufficient levels was able to reduce these plaques in the brain by 50%. And so it's more than just turmeric. I mean, this was therapeutic levels of uh, turmeric in the form of curcumin. And, and I think that's really important to know because if you have some of this developing in your brain, to know that there's something as powerful as curcumin that can reduce the amount of plaques in your brain, that's, I think that's really something that people need to know. And, and of course, we can only give them a kind of a snapshot of what's going on. But the supplements that, that, that seem to be working the best, and you mentioned magnesium, but vitamin E and D3 you mentioned, the folic acid I mentioned, the alpha-lipoic acid, N-acetylcysteine, N-acetylcarnitine, phosphophetal, I always get this one wrong, Phosphocetaterine. Yeah, it's all about 27 words. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> CoQ10 for increasing energy in the cells. And of course, also vitamin B12 for energy. And zinc is a great antioxidant. So there's foods, there's supplements, there's tests that we've taken. Also, some of the things that I've seen is that some prescription medications are actually deleterious. In other words, they're harmful. And so you have to watch for the ones that have acetaminophen in it. And, and these are prescription drugs that can be very harmful and they can reduce the glutathione levels in your body. And so that's important to find out which prescription drugs you're taking that might be harmful. You can always Google. I mean, people don't know the power of, of the Google search. And so they can put their drug name in and say, what are the dangers of this for the brain? And you actually find out what the dangers are for that prescription drug for the brain. The, re the search is a really good function in that regard. So I encourage people to, uh, to do that all the time. I, I, I guess we've covered about as much as this as we could possibly cover in order to give people a good snapshot. I guess it's time to, to say hi to our sponsors today. And in our next session, we're going to be covering the power of positive thinking. And I think we'll come in with more ideas about how to get the brain to be calm and, and functioning the way that it should. So right now, I'd like to take uh, time to give a, a shout out to our sponsors. There's four of them. And uh, the first one is uh, Southern Trust Financial Planning. And they've been our financial planners for 20 years now. And uh, the reason I think they're great is that they not only worry about your finances, they worry about your physical health. They want you to enjoy and be healthy and, and get the benefits of the financial gains that you've made over time. And so they've been doing workshops uh, with me for about almost 20 years now. And uh, I think the, the clients really appreciate that they're not just after making them more money and more money for themselves, but they want to make sure that people enjoy it. And so Financial Trust, Southern Trust Financial Planning in Sarasota is the company that I think really is good at that. The second one is DHA Labs. DHA Lab is my lab company. I have five tests that I've developed for them, and now I'm developing a new one on Alzheimer's. And so this is going to be a test that will actually determine whether you're on your way to developing Alzheimer's. And this is really going to be a powerful test. And DHA Lab has always been open with this. I have their, they have their, my immune test there. They have my cancer test there. They have my wellness test there. So DHA Labs, whether you're an individual, an organization, and you want to get the right tests to determine the health of, of your body and, and maybe your employees' bodies, DHA Labs is really a, a great company to do that. And then our third company is Paddock Pools. 
And uh, this company also has a dual, dual purpose. They not only build pools, they build pools that take the chlorine gas out of the uh, top of the pool because chlorine gas is one of the big problems with uh, depletion of zinc. And they have a vacuum extractor that helps to take 95% of that gas off the surface of the pool so that when you're swimming, you're going to be swimming in better, better air and better water. And so that you can actually be healthier as a result of the swim, not just from the exercise, but from the oxygen that you're breathing in, which they purify with this extractor. So Paddock Pools is, is a really special company in that regard. And I think they're the only ones that really make that unit in the United States. And MPB Health, well, they also creative and innovative because they have a kind of a, a medical cost sharing program that kind of mimics what health insurance does, but it's not health insurance. It's kind of a plan where a lot of people who are healthy, like individuals and small groups, they get together and say, look, we're tired of being penalized because we're in a group, a health insurance group, that has so many sick people in it that our rates keep going up. Well, when you get people together that are healthier and you give them wellness education and programs that we help to provide, then you can reduce this cost by 30 to 50%. And so you can reduce your healthcare costs through health insurance by that amount, just by going with a medical cost sharing company like MPB Health. So thanks to our sponsors, they make it possible for our for Abri and I to present this show and we're looking forward to seeing you again soon and thanks for participating and joining and we hope you got some really good information out of it. Thank you again, Aubrey. Appreciate your input.